Hi, and welcome to our latest episode of the Four Gens podcast. I'm Susie. I'm Jen. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Farron. Today we're going to talk a little bit about um, mental health. And I would give the disclaimer right off the top, we are not mental health experts in any way. We're just here to share our thoughts and experiences about mental health and mental illness. Let me say an estimated 26% of Americans ages 18 and older, one in four adults, suffers from diagnosable mental disorder in a given year. 21% of U.S. adults experience mental illness in 2020. So obviously this is something that is going across the board. It's not just a small subset of people. This is affecting a lot of people. And I will say that I suffer from depression. If you know much about my family history, that's probably not shocking. And I am um, on medication and do a lot of talk therapy and probably would be uh, sitting at home under a blanket right now if that weren't the case. And I have a whole slew of my own issues. Um, when I was young, they called what I have hyperactivity. I was a hyperactive child and you shouldn't worry about it because your kid's going to be fine. You just have to, they just have to learn to sit still. Well, it's not true. I have, she hasn't learned that. Sorry. I have not learned that. Um, I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. But what most people don't understand is that, that comes with a whole slew of other problems. So I'm an accountant and, and one of the main issues with having ADHD is the lack of focus. So if you can put into your mind that you're at your computer and you've got Google open and you have 50 different tabs open and now in your brain you're jumping back and forth from those tabs every 3.2 seconds that's what it's like to have ADHD and people just don't understand how how difficult that makes your life um, so then you, you deal with other issues like depression because you have to deal with these people around you who don't understand that you're all over the place um, fortunately now in my older years I've got medication and it's funny because my kids and my husband will both say, oh my God, mom, did you not take your medication today? Because having a conversation with me is like talking to, I don't know, a, a bus that's moving at 100 miles an hour and people are jumping on and off the bus all the time. So mental health is, is a huge issue and, and it is a huge issue in a lot of people's lives. So I think it's really important that it's something we're talking about. So how do you think how we all, how we each grew up has affected our mental health. So I would, I could say two, it's a two way street for me because I think my mental, some of my issues affected my childhood and then things that happened in my childhood affected my mental health. So what I mean by that is I've always been, um, I don't know if it's, I don't think afraid is the right word, but if I walk into a room, I'm gonna see the crumb on the floor. I'm gonna see the mark on the wall. Like it really stresses me out. And so textures, smells with food have always been a huge, 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 huge issue. Um, when I was little, at one point, my dad could put both of his hands around my waist. Um, and there was always this prevailing thought process of, you know, your kid's not going to starve. Put the food in front of them and make them eat it. And turns out I literally would starve myself because I couldn't bear to eat certain things based on how they smelled, how they looked, what the whatever. Um, we had chores growing up. My brothers typically took pity on me and never made me wash the dishes because I would gag and puke. Like I just, that food stuff has always been an issue for me. Um, and then I know I've touched on before 
that I uh, had experienced child sexual abuse. And after that, I kind of went super off the rails. Um, like, and I just think that's affected some things like developing eating disorders, um, other things that I probably don't want to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> being a little bit promiscuous, shoplifting, like things that I used to do that it took me a really long time as an adult to connect like, oh, that was probably the root cause of these behaviors. But it definitely, like I said, affects your mental health when you have trauma. Well, and I, and I obviously agree. Um, you know, I grew up in a household with an abusive stepfather. And I never felt safe in the house. Um, so I've carried that into my adulthood. And I never wanted to rely on anyone. So I, you know, had a hard, really hard time coming to a decision to, you know, date somebody and be serious about them. I never wanted to be married ever. And my parents were divorced and my mom was married and divorced. And then fortunately she was wise enough to leave that abusive relationship, but not before it, it you know, took a toll on her and on us as a family unit. But my bigger issue has always been the ADHD. So when people are trying to get me to do something they want me to do, Everybody always thought I was um, defiant. You know, I wouldn't do what they wanted me to do. Uh, we moved, we actually, interesting story, we moved from Indianapolis to Brown County, and I went to a new school, and I was a straight-A student in Indianapolis. Well, I was on the honors, and in the honors classes and that kind of thing at that point. They put me into a regular class. I literally was failing all my classes. My mom's like, you have to understand, she is not failing because she doesn't know this stuff. She's failing because she's bored out of her mind. And when I sit in my chair and still today i mean I, I i took a typing class my freshman year of high school and i will sit i do it all the time and and sit and type everything that i'm saying because it keeps my hands busy while i'm having a conversation fortunately it's been great for typing because i now type over 90 and we're 90 words a minute but hey um, my husband when we go to bed and we're having conversations at night or i'm is that what you call it well no, when he's actually <laughs> when he's actually falling asleep and i'm still awake i'll be typing on the bed thinking about things and he's like stop typing but i have to commit it to memory and the way i do that is by making all the motions That's go together really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it took me until i was geez in my 40s before i well late 30s before i started taking adhd meds before it wasn't this big ordeal and you know people get so upset about it and I, I feel bad for those kids whose parents say i don't want my kid on medication you know what it helps it absolutely helps and it does nothing more than help take all of those things that are going on in your brain and all those tabs that are open and put them into one tab. You still have all the same information in there, but you're able to look at the one tab and scroll through the information versus jumping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So anyone that's listening that has a kid that they think might have the ADHD disorder, you absolutely should take them to the psychiatrist. You absolutely should let them be on medication. It will be so much better for them. But when I was young, they didn't do that. Yeah, well, I, that's something that I thought about as, as we were preparing to do this is it seems to me like um, mental illness has become so much more common. And I remember in well, school there were like a couple kids that were hyper. Mm -hmm. And now there's a couple kids with ADHD in every classroom. Did we just not know about it? Well, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's various things in the environment. Right. I think I what mean, we feed our kids, 
I mean, just like the hormones that, you know, my daughter, when she was eight, started getting boobs. And I think it was the milk from the cows because of all the hormones they put into the milk. I think it's the same thing. You know, we have so many preservatives and so many other things in the food that we purchase and the things that our kids eat. And But then at the same time, there's a lot of things that existed before that people just ignored. I just think my theory is they were just too busy to dwell on it. And I had a little bit of an issue when I first started doing some counseling because it just felt really self-indulgent. I'm like, I am paying somebody to listen to my petty little woes, but it's legit. And I get that now, um, not to diss my mom in any way, but she, she was born in 1926. I mean, she grew up in the depression. They worked all the time. They didn't have time to dwell on anything. And she used to say, you're feeling a little down? Why don't you clean out your closet? You'll feel better. And I'm not, I like I said, she's great. It's just, we're more evolved now and I can clean out my whole house and I'm still gonna be depressed if I don't do the things I need, that I know I need to do to make myself be okay. Yeah, but it's a total lack of awareness too, right? So like thinking back, we all had these kids in our class that it was really effing hard for them to, you know, sit still or whatever. And they got sent out. They got sent home. They got suspended. They got in trouble. Like, we never acknowledged we why. We got sent to the, like, to the principal's office and spanked. And the spanked. root of the behavior was never addressed. Mm. It, we, we didn't talk about mental health. I mean, it wasn't a thing when we were little, you know, like. I fortunately had a great sixth grade teacher. Um, Mr. Lapore was fantastic. Shout out to Mr. Lapore at Spernica Elementary in Brown County. He understood that I needed to be challenged. It was always giving me something to challenge me that would give me something to do. When I was on Friday afternoons, every Friday afternoon, I went to the first grade classroom and I read stories to the first graders because I was already done with all my work and I was checked out mentally. So when you check out mentally, guess what I started doing? Causing trouble. I mean, I was talking or, you know, poking or doing something to bother somewhere else. So he was smart enough to realize that that needed to change and that I needed someone to challenge me to do something different. Unfortunately, teachers in my life before that had never done that for me. Yeah. And you know, so going back to that, I mean, like I never opened a book in high school. I mean, as far as I skimmed things, I never read anything. I made good grades. I probably could have done better, but I mean, I was always, but you didn't have to try. So I didn't have to try. But I will tell you, I got kicked out of class all the time for laughing. But Shocking. <laughs> no. but they would put me on the hallway with my friend who was one making me laugh. And then they'd let me come back in. And I'd look. If I was out there by myself, I'd come back in. And my friend would be in the classroom. I'd start laughing again. I mean, what are you going to do? So, it's... but So, I will say... Um, uh, Chris called me yesterday. And he was very upset. Um, because... He's on, he's joining the executive board for this um, sexual abuse and suicide prevention nonprofit. And he was like, you know, I just sat through this breakfast and they're telling me all these numbers and all these signs and like, would you know if something happened to Stella? And I was like, well, you know, I'd like to think I do. Um, but like you talking back about like childhood, it's funny, I was a straight A student, honor student, like, I was in talent pool, which was the dumbest shit, but it was cool because I got to leave class early. And then all of a sudden, my grades just tanked, and I just didn't care about anything anymore. And and it's funny, no one ever caught on to, like, 
that. You know, I used to get in trouble. Like, well, you're so smart. I'm not sure why your grades are so bad. And I think now we do talk about mental health more that maybe we, maybe we see signs more. We notice changes in our kids more versus back in the day. You didn't necessarily. My mom was actually really great about that. So in high school, I was bored. I was always bored. So I would skip as many days of school as I could. And my mom would actually take me out for what she called mental health days. And we'd go to the track for carb day and we'd do these other things that, because she knew that I wasn't being challenged. So sitting there all day wasn't going to improve my grades. I mean, I have straight A's. It's not going to get any better than that, whether I'm there or I'm not there. So I would Mm -hmm. skip as many days of school as I could. And there was, you could miss so many days of school before they, you know, whatever. And I'd go to, and then I get suspended in school suspension, they called it. And I would sit in that cubicle and I would work for the first two hours. And then the next four hours, I had absolutely nothing to do. So, and there's no phones or anything we could do then. But my mom understood, and she never actually got on me or got upset with me about that because she, she felt the same way I did. If I don't need to be there and I can still get straight A's, well, I don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that, too, though, but, you know, where you said that you had straight A's and then you dipped when your event happened. It's called an event. Um, but here I was living that event, and not sexual abuse, but, you know, watching my mom be abused and mentally and verbally being abused and staying well and watching your mom being abused is emotional abuse oh yeah I mean that's what it is it's more painful to watch someone else being abused than for yourself to be abused I I think yeah and it is I mean like I was like I remember this and just not too long ago and she's like well I don't remember that happening and I'm like well I remember it plain as day and but you know but my grades just stayed the same so then you're like you know how do you you know, could there have been mental, I mean, like, it is mental abuse. Could it have caused, you know, mental issues? I know it has because I'm overprotective. I'm overprotective of you guys. I'm overprotective of my family, my nephew. Don. And if anybody ever fucking touches him. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, I think when you talk about, like, trauma response is different for everybody, right? That's like, true. some people, you know, the way that you compartmentalize things and deal with things, and I do think your underlying mental health obviously is also going to affect the outcome yeah. as well, right? Like, if you've already got some underlying issues, then you're just piling on at this point versus someone who's incredibly mentally stable maybe won't have that same response or they'll have a different response. Like, you know, you always hear about like foster kids hoarding food or you hear about, um, I don't know. There's all just, I just think your response to trauma is completely different depending on who you are. But then again, you know, like even mental illness and let's just talk about the mental illness and, you know, knowing stuff like we sit here and we talk about mental health days or that it's just as, common or it's now it's more I don't want to say it's acceptable but I don't know what the right terminology but we're talking about it and we're working more towards mental health but it used to be taboo yes that's what I mean and so but you know it's like that and I'm just looking at everybody who knew what was going on you know like nobody knew that that had happened to you right and everybody knew that it was going on and nobody said anything that it was going on in your house yeah like you know abuse and alcoholism being left alone and you know nobody said hey do you want to come over to our house do you want to sit with us you know what I mean because because at that point no one interfered in other people's families yes and you know but I'm sitting here but I'm like but it doesn't matter but if you're if you see a five and ten year old kid at home alone wouldn't you say come on over and have dinner well I think in 2023 yeah but in 19 you know 
70s 80s no you it was like you know I mean but like so even I mean circling back so like yes like this is a deal we're talking about like trauma people mm-hmm. didn't interfere and I think I like to hope that we're better at it now but talking about mental health and any issues period was very taboo then and really I think sometimes it still is a bit taboo now so um when I was pregnant um Stella was basically a little leech and she took every resource I wanted and needed and left me puking and miserable and I was hospitalized a lot and I don't know if this has something to do with it I was also 21 when I found out I was pregnant um but after Stella was born for the first like two two and a half years I never felt like super connected to her um I kept her alive I fed her I would just find things to do to like not be in the house with her because I didn't like I would tell Chris at night if someone kidnapped Stella and then they put a lineup of babies in front of me, I'm not sure I could pick her out because I never felt bonded to her. And then one day um, we were at Panera and she was talking to me and it was like this just like warm glow. And I was like, holy shit, you're like really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her the whole time and like, because I was just like, it was like, and, and I always say like the moment I started loving my child because we had the best lunch. This little old lady came up to me and was like, it's so refreshing to see a mom talking to their kid and not on their phone. And I went to the car and cried because, like, I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to her before that. And now I'll tell people, like, you know, Chris, he'll say a hundred times over, I didn't know anything about postpartum depression. I had no idea if I would have known anything, I would have gotten you help. There was clearly a problem. Like, I would yeah. go sleep in a hotel parking lot at night. I'd go sleep at Walmart. I'd leave notes like, I'm, I think I'm just done. So I'll bring the car back later. And Chris will call me and be like, you know, that's not how this works. I would Google terrible things in the night, not about hurting Stella, but um, I just, I hated everything. And I'll tell people this now, because you guys, clearly I'm an open book, and they'll be like, I'm so glad you say that, because no one ever said that. No one ever talks about that. Like, I had that same problem, and I didn't know what to do, because no one would talk to me about it. Do you feel, Susie, like your, like, therapy, you said, how, when did you start that? In college. In college? So do you feel like that has helped? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and, and did I think, you tell and I anybody think, about it in the beginning? Like that hey, I was doing therapy. Oh no, no, no. I mean, my mom will only find out if she listens to this. It's just, I, I, I'm glad we're doing this, but I consider that very private. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's my own thing. But, I'm trying to work through. But then there's the other side of it, which is the cost. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will tell you that, and I can talk about Sarah because she said I could, my daughter is bipolar. And during her years of growing up, and we started taking her to the psychiatrist when she was eight, during her years of growing up, there were months that her, years that her medication, the first six months of the year was $1,500 a month. Fortunately, we were able to afford to, to pay for her treatment, but so many people aren't. I mean... I saw a statistic the other day that 30% of people who are homeless have chronic mm-hmm. uh, mental illness and 50% of people that become homeless or, and then get out of homelessness are all having issues with mental illness. Okay, so we talk, like, we've talked about our mental health and what we experienced, but, um, and we've lightly touched on you know, like what we have done about it, but um, can we talk about like what made you want to seek help and you know what you finally did to kind of try to get your mental health problems under control okay so i realized at some point that as much as i suffer from um 
seasonal affective disorder. Like I hate winter. I hate it being dark. I hate not seeing the sun. And I used to just attribute my depression to that. But at some point I realized it was bigger than that. And it was lasting all year long. So this is when I was um, going to school at IU and I went to the health center. And the first thing they have you do is fill out this survey. And then I watched the girl, I looked over the desk and watched her as she was like looking at my answers. And I could tell I was getting a really bad score. Then she said, I think we could find someone that could speak with you today. (laughs) So given my background, I thought that that was a bit shameful that, as I said before, I had to pay someone to listen to me talk. But I have since learned from the counselor that I have now, who is fabulous. Uh, One day she asked me what I was going to do after our appointment. And I said, oh, I need to go home and mow the lawn. I listed all all this stuff. And she's like, no, go get a pedicure. You haven't just indulged yourself for an hour. You've been working for an hour. And you need to reward yourself for that. So that's what I thought. So, I mean, I'm an accountant, which means that everything I do is very detailed and very, 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 very detailed. And so when I am not on my ADD meds, I have serious problems staying focused. And you can't have those kind of problems. When I'm trying to solve a problem, I can't be all over the place. So, you know, whenever I had kids and and I was trying to manage the kids and I was trying to manage my job, it just, I mean, at one point it, it came to a head and I, you know, could get nothing done. So the, the problem with having ADHD is that when you're functional, it's great. When you're not functional, it is a fucking clusterfuck. Well, I mean, you are just kind of all over the place, and you can't then you can't accomplish anything. I can tell you, though, and I'm, again, I'm just having all these really nice, uh, I don't know what they call, revelations. Because you have ADHD. Oh, no, well, but I mean, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, but that brain mentality of being having to be 100 places at one time is perfect for my job. Because I have to be a hundred places at one time, and there is no you got to stay on this for all the whole time. You got to stay on this for all the whole time. You're here, here. It's damn near. You're doing. You're literally on the phone while you're doing something, doing something else. But 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 I deal with that. But I deal with that too. It's just that I can never accomplish and complete any one task. And you do. I do. Yeah. I I would just move. I well when you start one task and cuss you out over their damn pizza because it's five seconds late. You have a tendency to try to get that stuff done. Sounds like a mental health illness in itself. Oh my god! (laughs) So so anyway, once I was able to get on medication, I was actually able to complete tasks as I started them. Um, Because whenever I, I mean, I had three kids and I had three different places I had to be them, take them all the time, and I had a job and I had employees and I had. You know, 20 different people I was managing and, and it was and a husband and all the craziness that went with that. So in order to, to maintain my sanity, I had to do something. And so when actually I started taking Sarah to the psychiatrist, I realized, I mean, and our, our situation was, I mean, unique. I mean, there, it was really hard to have a, a child with issues. If I actually did something, it could probably help me. That would also help me help her. So I started seeing the same psychiatrist and that's when I got on meds to start with. And then there are times that I vary from those meds. I mean, I take Adderall all the time, except for when it's not available, like right now, which makes my life a living hell. Um, But there are times throughout the year that I take um, 
depression meds, or that I take anxiety meds, or that kind of thing. So I would guess, I would say that my um, issues are pretty largely unresolved. Um, So I know that there are things I could do, talk to somebody, take medicine. I've never done them because in my head, I'm just like, it's not going to go away. I'm always going to struggle with these certain uh, elements like the food thing and the... um, I don't even know how to describe it. My house could be a mess. It, like, if things are out of place, it stresses me out. But, like, if I go to a hotel, I'm, like, picking everything over with a fine-tooth comb because that stuff deeply distresses me. Um, so, at some point, I should probably address it. But one thing I've always done um, until the first time I ever actually did talk to a therapist for a little bit was, oh, you know, my problems aren't that bad. Like, yeah, I, you know used to throw up after I ate, but like, then I got over it. So it's fine. Or like I did drugs in college, but I was never like a serious drug addict or like I have a couple cut marks on my arms and legs, but I was never like super bad. So I've always downplayed everything. Um, so I will make a pledge to you and everyone in this room that I will seek actual help after this podcast is over. Good for you. Cause that <laughs> sounded like a cry for help there. That was. I just never, ever thought like, you know, every someone always had it worse than me, so right. like it wasn't that oh, big I of totally a deal. You know, that. like yeah. oh yeah, sure I did this, but I got over it, or I moved past. It's it, like or, I used to say, you know, white girl problems, but like yeah, and like and I I think I always I do downplay a lot of things. Like I mean, I have a pretty great life, so then it's like, what problems do I really have? You know, yeah, so so but could part of it, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you, and and I definitely applaud you for that, and I don't mean that in a in a demeaning kind of way, but, but like what part of that is not about control? You know, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, it's all about control. It's all about control because I'm like, you know, I'm always, I don't know. It's, it's a control thing. Yeah. And I think, and that's where I think like circling back to my childhood trauma, I think that that caused me like, you know, when you, it's a complete and utter loss of control. So then you spend the rest of your life trying to, maybe get that back, if that makes sense. Nope. Totally understand that. When we're sitting here and, you know, we talk about mental illness, you know, and I think about, like, just my friends and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's still not something you're like, oh, hey, we have this problem, you know. Nobody still really talks about it. Do you guys remember last summer, and sorry, Jen, you weren't there, we had a pool party, and I was like, bags under my eyes, wasn't sleeping. Like, I was in a whole horrible place, and I told you guys about it. And I remember I got home, and Susie texted me and was like, hey, that was, like, really brave of you to just tell mm-hmm. us what was going on. And, like, and you guys are my friends, and, and once again, open book over here. But I, I do think that it is something people just don't tell people because they're worried about being judged or, you know, like, mm-hmm. to your point, yeah. you know, what are people going to think about me? What is... But, yeah. you know, when we talk <laughs> about kids and stuff, it's like... You know, if you had to talk about your kids, and I mean, it's not something you're going to be like, yeah, she's amazing, but, you know, we have this little stint here that we had to do, but she's great. With Sarah's <laughs> issues, I read every book you could possibly read. If I had had someone that I could actually talk to, another parent who was going through it, that would have been life-changing. Yeah. That absolutely would have been life-changing. So when I hear people talk about things and things that are going on in their families, I will actually bring it up and talk to them and say, hey, you know what, if you need someone to talk to, hey. yeah. if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. Well, and I think part of it for me, you know, there, there is a bit of a stigma, especially in, you know, the 1980s about seeking counseling, but I think that sends a really good message to, I think it sent a really good message to 
my girls and their friends that there's no shame in that mm -hmm. and the best thing you can do is ask for help. So then we have a, is mental health, like let's say you're going through something and then mental illness. Are we talking the same thing? No, like well, I'm so funny. mental. Going back and forth. Yeah. Do you well, know what I, I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I would I mean, say. I feel like that's a big, because you know, if it's like, oh, you know, shit, my mom yelled at me and I'm not doing anything right. Kind of like our teenage years were like, we're just fucking up all the time. And it's like, oh, you should go talk to somebody. Okay, so is that your mental health? Is that mental illness? What what do we do in here? Well, do you know it's mental? You won't know it's mental illness until you see someone to have a diagnosis. But is that, you know, where are we at? Okay, but like, so it's just think about it. Like, you go to the doctor to take care of your health. So you have right. your general checkups. You're like, that's right. your health. But then if you get the flu, that's an illness. And some people have these mental illnesses that they that never go away but i mean i think we're all prone to episodes of things here in in and out of our lives and so i guess mental health is the is we're managing like we're keeping our brains and our mind healthy so we're doing preventative care well, I mean, I think we should be, but then you also, so, and on, on a, on a serious note, I mean, like I'm, I'm asking that as a general, like, a but I, I think yes question. and no, because there are mental illnesses that you can't, that, that don't go away. Right. You can't, yeah. if you're, if you're schizophrenic, that's something in your, your, right. your brain that is not functioning correctly, yeah. whether or not you, but I think we also like, you know, we a lot of times we reserve the term mental illness for like the really bad stuff right like someone that's super yeah. schizophrenic or but i mean depression ocd all those things are mental illnesses anxiety, anxiety. like so you know I, i'd say there's probably a little bit of that in everybody it's just you know it it surfaces more in some people right. and you know just how you manage things and, and what are we actually willing to say i mean you know I'm with you guys right here. Clearly, I'm willing to say anything. Listen to the podcast. But here we are. But you're surrounded by people that love you and that you trust and that we trust you. And you're doing it, yes, I mean, amongst who knows who's going to be here. But, but I mean, like, but what are we willing to say? But, to I, but that brings me back to if you see someone that's struggling, what can you do? Exactly. But you got to make, you know, that's, I think that's part of why I try to, I mean, one, I'm a fixer, but. You know, I want people to feel very comfortable and very safe when they're with me. Well, I think to, like, for to Jen's question, I think the bigger part of that is, I mean, yes, when you see somebody, what do you do? But I think as a society, we have our head down and we're so focused on ourselves that a lot of times, like I was saying about, like, my grades and stuff, you miss those signs. Are we committed to seeing other people and realizing when they're struggling and reaching out and saying, hey, are you okay? What can I do to help you? How can we break down this stigma? And I don't have a great answer for it, except that I think it's conversations like this that would help. I mean, I already feel good that you're now saying maybe you'll address some of your issues. I mean, I just think... But I still want everything to be perfectly clean and in place, whether I have a medicine Which is so funny, well, because she comes to my good house, luck. and I'm like, oh my gosh, and she's like, really, none of this is... It's really okay. It's really... It's your own It's her stuff. own thing because if she can get in my house and yeah i mean it's not crazy here but it's not crazy clean and you know but she's fine in there but then you know it's like oh whoosh. and when you're over if you've ever been there and she doesn't know she's doing it but she's <laughs> cleaning when we're talking or uh -huh. doing something did you notice that no but when when i was um recovering from my concussion and 
my friends were great and they rallied around me. And one day I'm lying on the couch and a good friend of mine sitting there and she's just kind of subconsciously wiping dust off the end table. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm just gonna send my cleaning lady over tomorrow. I don't need her as badly as you do. That's Aww. fair. <laughs> That's a friend. I'd just been like, thanks. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, there's a whole house here that can be done. It's not just a send table, sister. Um, you I know, I very publicly made an, a, a declaration on this podcast that I'm going to address my issues and get help. So anybody who's listening, I challenge you to do the same thing. And let's all champion not only our own mental health, but watch out for everybody else and try to help each other, pick each other up when we see someone else is down. And if you need help, get help. And if you're afraid to talk to someone, reach out to us. And if you don't know you need help, talk to somebody. It doesn't hurt. What, special shout out to our friends at the Westfield Wine Vault who have let us record the last two episodes sitting in the vault. Woo! Yes. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode, and we will be back soon with more amazing content.